Hey guys, it's Sam from Halloween Happy, and you're listening to the Horror Squad Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad Podcast, episode... 222 222 and in honor of that we decided to do i still know what you did last summer the sequel to i know what you did last summer and we were like hey what the hell let's cover i know what you did last summer too in honor of this being uh sam's final episode we know she is a fan of those movies so we said let's do a sequel to the sequel so let's do it. Uh, I am here, of course, with Sam and Steve. We are toddlers again. He will be back next week. So we missed him, and we will see you next week, Todder. Gentlemen and lady, how you guys doing? How's your week? Going pretty well. Yeah, same. Busy. Really busy at, at work. That's uh, taking a lot of my time, but, uh, you know, spending my nights in mostly virtual reality and watching That's movies. Right. I watched a lot of movies in the last week, so. Uh, yeah. yeah, I saw so. that. Busy on Letterboxd. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I while this weekend i just went crazy i just decided to have a lazy yeah. weekend it fucking snowed like come on we're, wow. we're like <laughs> mid-april now lay off the snow there it's uh, yeah it's annoying yeah yeah. So, yeah i had a lazy weekend instead nice yeah i'm slacking on my movie watching i need to get back onto it and there's the few i want to watch i really want to watch the cursed which is like a werewolf movie that just came out on vod i'm hearing really good things about that one and then uh Amityville Karen, which will be releasing soon, which I heard about now. So yeah, right. <laughs> Don't forget Titanic six six six. Titanic six six six. That's right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, I asked actually, like, really, really, not to get too serious here, but I was asking Sam about this. I was like, is does that? Do you think that's like fucked up to like make like a Titanic six six six? Like that was like a serious tragedy. Like, are we far enough removed now where it's not like a problem? I guess. Yeah, I think so. I think that's how it works. Okay. It's that if something's far enough removed, it becomes, you know, and then that had enough to ever game. watch. Uh, yeah, like Titanic 2, the trailer to Titanic, I, which is no, like a, I saw the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a fan film. It's basically that where Jack comes back and he's like amazed at everything. Titanic's like a big joke. It's like a Broadway play and all that shit. And yeah, it's right. Crazy. <laughs> There's like an amazing Titanic museum, like somewhere in this country where they like completely replicated the Titanic boat. And like, it looks exactly how it did like in the movie and stuff like that. I think it's in like Tennessee or something like that, but it looks like actually pretty amazing. Uh, if anyone in the United States wants to go visit or has visited, let us know in the, in our discord, of course, but yeah. So yep. This of course, once again, is Sam's final episode. We will miss her and I'm sure she'll get her swan song later on in the show what does that even mean your send-off where are you sending me off to it's not that serious (laughs) well we hope you come back for sure and you're always welcome back like we said so oh you'll hear me you'll hear me throughout the episodes i'm sure maybe Mm -hmm. especially when when evil dies i really want to hear your input on the end of halloween or Halloween that's right oh yeah stuff like that it's definitely yeah definitely definitely. when you get to come back for yeah some of the big ones we definitely want you back for those yeah but as they say don't cry because it's over stop cry because it happened so sad (laughs) is that what they say I don't know (laughs) yeah but all right let's get let's get into questions uh and enjoy this last episode for Sam 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you can ask us those questions on social media at the Horror Squad Podcast, or of course on our Discord, where man, they were really active on Discord this week. Just all sorts of uh, messages and topics and ranging from all over the place. It was actually really fun in there. A lot of people play our horror games, uh, so it seems when everyone watches a horror movie, we post like a picture, like a one screen of that movie, and people try to guess. And it's pretty amazing how great our Discord is at finding what movie it is. I'm pretty impressed by that. And of course, a lot of Sam love this week because when everyone found out that she was leaving, people were bummed and uh, have been talking about how much they, uh, they'll miss her and how much they enjoyed her on the podcast, which brings me to the first questions. They are from Chuck. They're audio questions. So Chuck, what are your questions? Hey, Horror Squad. Chuck here with a few questions. First off, Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar are one of my favorite couples in Hollywood uh who do you have as your favorite horror power couple oh horror power couples I mean Chucky Tiffany uh, immediately come to my mind um I feel like they're the ultimate power uh, power couple um yeah. unless you go bride if you want to go old school bride and, yeah. and you are, you, you are gonna get skewered by uh Weezer face and um Katie because it's a because it's kind of an abusive relationship it's right not, is it really even a relationship but that's yeah, yeah that's it's true kind of, it's really not yeah i, I got your forced. i got your back yeah. there <laughs> I, I could hear it already like yeah. yeah i mean there's still like a power couple quote unquote you know what i mean because they're tied together but i understand they're not like in it for the love or anything like that so yeah i guess chucky tiffany are the who are some other couples yeah, the, the ones I came up with are, of course, uh, Morticia and Gomez Adams. Oh, Adams shit. Family. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty uh, perfect. The, those yeah. two like love each other in a way that is yeah. unconditional. Um, also, Ed and Lorraine Warren in the Conjuring movies. Oh, I'm yes. going. Oh, hell yeah. I'm going with them. They're, uh, <laughs> they're great. I, like, I don't know how, you know, they were in real life, but the uh, fictional Ed and Lorraine are definitely a power couple in my yeah. book. And one that doesn't get talked about a lot is Evelyn and Lee from A Quiet Place um you know obviously mm. they're a real couple so that probably helped a lot in the chemistry in that film but uh they're great you know they really love each other in that as well and go through a lot together and couldn't keep his dick in his pants so <laughs> <laughs> eventually caused his own demise with that and you know how it is mm-hmm. um if we're not if we're going sibling couple baby and otis i mean they're tech they're like a couple suppose like kind of sort of you mean duo let's not duo okay yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it never got se- it never got sexual you know what i mean i mean Just yeah i mean they're, they're a good duo yeah. yeah yeah exactly and then jack and sally and you know there's a there's a lot mm-hmm. of horror mm-hmm. and that are pretty good um all right so uh chuck what is your second question second question any cheesy horrible phenomenal Tubi recommendations this week? Well, Todd's not on the episodes. I guess I'll wait till next week, actually, because I was going to mention I, I have the Punishment movie, so stay tuned, folks, for Steve and Todd for next week, and it's a gem. It's going to be a gem, so you stay tuned. I can't wait for Steve and Todd to watch it. Did I Todd have never ever, watched I haven't watched it yet. But... Did Todd ever Go watch on. my Punishment movie? Did. Mm-hmm. did he yeah. talk about it? He did. I don't think you were on the episode, or you were way up. I don't remember. That might have been the one she was having uh, the technical That's right. Yeah, it's one of the ones you had a technical yeah. difficulty. Oh, what did he think of it? Do you guys remember? He, he surprisingly liked it. Um, Damn it. Like, and I, I watched it too. It. it wasn't the worst. It really wasn't. Like, it's yeah, it's terrible, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah, it's like, terrible. 
but in a good way. It was entertaining, you know? Okay. So, yeah. So you guys got any two recommendations for Chuck? Well, does he want cheesy or does he want like actual like good ones? Oh, it's up to you, I guess. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Isn't Titanic 666 on Tubi? I feel like it. Or is it a Hulu thing? I, I don't think it's out yet. I'd be shocked if it was a Hulu thing. <laughs> but it'll come out soon. So watch that. Yeah, That's my recommendation. Go. There you go. Report back. Let us let them know. Or right. me in the Discord. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with one that's not cheesy and is actually really good. And I think an underrated one, it's called the endless uh, God it's about, so it's like kind of like about uh, these brothers who go and uh, investigate sort of like a cult and it gets like very um, weird, but like in a good way. Um, I'm trying to remember the directors. Let me IMDb this really, really quick. Uh, it, I'm sorry. It's the same directors who did Spring, which if you guys have ever seen that, that's actually like a really good horror movie as well um, that I would also recommend. But uh, yeah, it's like super um, well shot. It, it gets into like really like trippy uh, territory. And yeah, I would definitely recommend that one for those who haven't seen it. Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely add that to my list. Um, so mine, uh, I actually have two, but one of them I'm going to talk about on my What Watched. But Chuck... You already know that one because that's one of the movies that we like geek out over for some reason. Um, but another one would be in honor of WrestleMania that we talked about like two weeks ago. Uh, there's one called Wrestle Massacre, which you can find on Tubi. Uh, it's just about like a crazy wrestler who goes like just absolutely nuts and murders everybody. He kind of reminds me of like um, Bruiser Brody. Like that's what kind of what he looks like if you know who that is. Um, yeah, it was entertaining. Like I, I really had low expectations. But I had fun with it. You know, a lot of brutal kills in that one. And that's, if you're into that, that's definitely one I would recommend. And one I never hear people talk about. Um, so that's, that would be my recommendation for that. And uh, yeah, Chuck, what is your final question? Thirdly, this isn't really a question more so of a dedication. Bear with me. Uh, this is going to sound horrible, but it just came to me and it needed to be done. It needed to be done. You are our Sam Shine, our only Sam Shine. You make us Halloween happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, Sam, how much we love you. Please don't take our Sam Shine away. Thank you, Sam, for real. I look forward to hearing from you on the Let's Not podcast. Uh, and you've been an absolute phenomenal person. Uh, podcaster friend we really do appreciate you uh, Teddy wanted to be here but he's in school he couldn't couldn't be here for the question but he wanted me to tell you that he loves you and he's going to miss you and uh, that again you're his favorite uh, but yeah other than that uh, one last food pairing for this absolute sausage fest that we're fixing to get into thanks Sam love you mean it rest of y'all look forward to the episode y'all have a good one that was a lovely song and I will cherish that forever. And I would like to dedicate this episode to my boy, Teddy. Um, so food, food pairing. Uh, I feel like I have to go with um, crabs, right? Lobster roll, shrimp yeah. cocktail, anything from the ocean that I mm-hmm. don't enjoy eating. <laughs> You don't like seafood? Yeah, or you're, you're allergic to shellfish. So yeah. you die no, I'm allergic to shellfish, but it's just even before I knew, it's never appealed to me. 
but literally living here in Massachusetts, that's all they eat, which makes sense. Yeah, I agree. What would you have, Joe, if you were to host a I know what you did last summer party? Yeah, you got to do uh, like a lobster boil. You got to just get a party going and get the lobsters and crabs or, you know, see, no, yeah, like I want- seafood boil in general. I'm talking about the crabs that are on the dead body in the trunk. Yes. The little mm-hmm. slimy eat ones. Them. Eat them right off Johnny Galecki. Oh, yeah. I would <laughs> risk my life for that. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agreed. Um, you know, have some shrimp, some barbecue. And they, what's, what's the date? Is it July 4th they do all this? It's. So you know, yes, also July have to have some, week. yeah. So you also have hot dogs, burgers, you know, beer. Yes, the, classic. July Fourth uh, staples as well. So mm-hmm. a big feast. Mm-hmm. Yes, maybe a little ganja with uh, Jack Black for the sequel. <laughs> oh, there oh, you my go. God. <laughs> and some <Right>. karaoke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah for go. sure. Yeah, with Jennifer Love Hewitt, who's apparently the only one that can sing, goddamn sing, according to the bartender. That's right. <laughs> this is a good little line she pulled out. Right. <laughs> Had to have it for Jeff Love Hewitt, of course. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, her, her song is in that sequel. So, got to have Singing it. Singing career, yes. It was trying right. to take mm-hmm. off the time. <laughs> right. Uh, so, thank you, Chuck and Teddy, of course, for your questions. Uh, for Sam, next one is from Cody, Odd Job versus 007. What are some of Sam's happiest memories on the podcast? Happiest memories? Oh. Uh... I feel like when Steve and I first started together, that was exciting. The name change was exciting. The Our event that we hosted last year was exciting. You know, just every week talking to Steve and Todd, asking them about their family and such. Yeah, there's been a lot of great memories. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw one out for you. I'm scared. Um, when uh, D. Wallace said you asked uh, a fantastic question, I remember you. That, that was pretty cool. Well, I don't think I, I never get that. So, congratulately, kudos. Me to neither. You. you should be taking <laughs> yeah. over. Oh, you well, should be. You should be taking over the interviews. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like you gotta remember they answer. Like, think of all the people that don't really do their research. I don't even remember what I asked her honestly, but um, I don't know. You just gotta think of all the interviews that people ask them and they don't really do their research or history. And it's just like all the same. So. Right. Sometimes you got to think outside the box. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember it was a question about her hometown. I think, mm-hmm. I think maybe she was from Kansas or something. There's a mm-hmm. Kansas connection in there somewhere. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Kansas connection always gets them. Yeah, it certainly will. Um, yeah, uh, my favorite memories of Sam is just anytime she, you know, we can always tell when you're really into a movie or you're really like not into a movie. <laughs> and I, I love that. Obvious, the, huh? I love the passion. Like when you're like, you know, on either side, really. Uh, it's, it's, I always miss that. Like when Halloween came out and that yeah, kind of no, stuff. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. I, obviously, personally, it's not a podcast thing. It's just talking to you, you know, every week. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, that's what I'm going to miss the most. Um, his next question, what will she miss the most about the podcast? What will I miss the most? Um, I mean, probably like the horror aspect. I mean, I'm going to still watch horror movies and stuff, but well, maybe, I mean, it was kind of hard for me to like keep up with some of the stuff, but um. 
yeah, I'll miss that. I guess just having like a horror movie that I know I'm going to have not have to watch, but watch every week, like just get my little dose of horror. What else am I going to miss? Obviously, Steve, Todd and Joe. Joe? You know, (laughs) I think you'll get your fill of Joe (laughs) on or off the podcast. Talking to our listeners. Yeah, I told Joe, I was like, I'm tired of dealing with your bullshit. (laughs) Done with it on the podcast. No, Um, obviously the listeners, you know, the connection. But like I said, I mean, I'm still here. I haven't RIP'd, guys. I mean, not yet. Hopefully not. No, I don't think so. You're, you're <laughs> by far the youngest member on our podcast, so you got another 100 years to go, at least. I wish She'll I was be the youngest. <laughs> oh, Joe thinks I'm going to be back, huh? They nah. always come back. <laughs> well, now I'm not, just to prove you wrong. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And uh, his final you question. You won't be back. um what is one thing she wished she could have done on the show that she didn't get to do um that's actually a great question maybe i don't know maybe like talk to other ladies who enjoy horror like getting more of the female aspect or like opinion about stuff doing the interviews more. I just felt like it was always going to be too much having three people ask questions. Like it was just a lot to try to, um, jump in and jump out and not knowing when would be a good time and all of that stuff. So yeah, I would say those two things, I think that's a good question though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also going to miss having a female perspective and a female voice on the podcast. Same. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's always good to have more representation, I guess, when you have questions and opinions and stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. That's why, you know, I I love that we're starting to get to a point, we're starting, you know, we're not there yet, but starting to get to the point where we're getting more representation in films, you know, we're already seeing it with uh, more, you know, people of color making films and more females. I was actually looking at, at the movies I watched in 2022, and it's amazing how many of them are directed by women. And I think it's amazing that finally we're, Mm -hmm starting to get there you know there was a time even two years ago where we get a question on the pod like uh, what's your favorite movie a horror movie directed by a woman and we're like uh, uh you gotta google it because i don't know there's mm-hmm. not that many of them and now it's already way more and it's awesome so i'll definitely miss having you the female perspective on the podcast but hopefully i'll uh... also miss losing at trivia psych <laughs> like, you know how bad that made me feel about myself like okay a buy low self-esteem <laughs> everyone in this room has, this loses a trivia so <laughs> I think we're all in the same boat there so don't feel bad at all about that um all right so the next question is from horror fan Ryan thanks for everything Sam what is a non-horror movie you would like to have had discussed non-horror movie clueless mean girls serendipity you know all the good gyms mm-hmm. yep serendipities to go i had never seen it until i met sam but yeah have you seen it steve i saw it when it came out on vhs or whatever it was Mm -hmm. uh, but i don't remember it all that well Um, i i confuse it with another is that the one in the music store no this no i don't know which one that that one is that might be with kate what's her face but um i don't know what that one is uh but this one is with john 
Cusack and Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. I'm thinking of Empire Records. It's um oh really great movie. That is a great movie. I that never saw that movie. until I started dating yes. Jill. Yeah, I get those two yes. confused for some reason. You and get actually, those two confused? I don't know. So it could be like the, the poster or whatever when I rented it at the video store or something like that. It's, All right. It's like one of yeah. those things. And just, just last week actually was Rex Manning Day. So happy belated right. Rex Manning Day. It was, day. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how many people were celebrating that on Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, next one is from Kayla. And it's more of a suggestion than a question. Can she just be the trivia master and read all the questions? <laughs> that would be an option if ever you want. That would be an option, but yeah. I'm not gonna promise anything. Right. We'll see how the guy. We'll see how the guys do without me. And fine. And then uh, uh, Ryan came back and said, "We actually need a um, Halloween happy hour uh, segment on the show once a month of Sam discussing anything horror she wants to talk about." So possibly that would be fun as well. Um, but the next question that we have, and I believe this is the final question for this week, is from Weezerface. Uh, describe your perfect Halloween. Ooh, perfect Halloween. Um, I would say definitely gloomy. Not too warm, not too cold to where I'm able to like dress in my spooky cute outfit, but not be freezing. Um, uh, I would say to go out to breakfast to have like a little spooky themed breakfast and then maybe do some last minute Halloween shopping maybe watch a horror movie while I cook a spooky dinner have a spooky cocktail carve some pumpkins and then go walking around looking at all the trick-or-treaters and hearing all of the kids laugh all of just the frights the frightful things happening. Yeah. What about you, Steve, feel, feel free to add in sound effects on each thing that I just described. Yeah, I'll get right on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my perfect Halloween? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, I just, just taking in everything. I mean, I mean, I love being here in Salem on Halloween. I like be, I like being in the chaos of it all. Um, and just being amongst, uh, other people celebrating and stuff. So yeah, I, enjoy, I guess just Halloween in Salem in general. Yeah. I'm kind of in a weird position with uh, Halloween where I would love to just kind of take it all in and, you know, get to hang out and look at some spooky stuff and watch movies and eat candy and all that stuff. But owning a house, I have, I feel this responsibility uh, to my childhood to be the best house in the neighborhood that I can and decorate like crazy and realize that's not about me. It's about all the kids who are making Halloween memories and hopefully be, grow up to be Halloween fans and horror fans and go on a podcast one day and think, remember that house that had like the crazy clown and the, his whole garage was set up and they had that cool thing on the yard and you know, this and this and this. I want to be that house. I want to be that memory for those kids. So, you know, my perfect Halloween right now is I wake up super early in the morning. I spend all day setting up my yard and my garage. And then, you know, I have that like hour where I finish. I always finish like an hour before Halloween starts. And then it's like that anticipation of like, is anyone going to show up? You know, uh, especially this year or last year, because I didn't know in my new neighborhood how many kids there'd be. And then, you know, that first trickling of kids, that like 
three-year-old starts coming and five-year-old and it starts going up and up and up as the night progresses and seeing their faces as they come on the yard and the horrified parents but the happy children and yeah it's awesome so that's my halloween it's just getting to see people experience those memories and yeah i think that would be it i love that if i lived in a house i would definitely be that way too Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, when I owned a house, I used to do the same as Steve, and it was like a lot of fun. I dressed as—I remember I would dress as uh, someone scary, and like I had a pickaxe, and I would like drag it like in front of my my house and stuff, and people would be scared to come. So that—that that is a blast too. I agree with Steve on that. Yeah, and uh, something I've noticed, uh, at least in my old neighborhood, is with the first year I did it, there were no other houses on my street really that had anything of substance you know a few people had like pumpkins and maybe like a tombstone and a you know ghost or something but by the time I left the whole street had gotten Halloween fever um and it's kind of the same at my new in my new neighborhood uh last year I was the only one really on my on my street that I could see anyway that had any decorations at all so I'm hoping that you know people see uh what's going on and start doing their own Halloween displays so if you can do it, that would be my recommendation. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. And that's all the questions we got this week. Thank you everyone for the questions. We could not do this segment without you. And now, Sam, I know you're going to miss this, uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, I can send you the clip, both video and audio, Please forever do. you uh, you feel like it. For I'll one make last it my time. ringtone. Right, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so uh, let's listen to Deadly Grounds Coffee. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Alrighty. Thank you, Deadly Grounds Coffee. Your coffee is always delicious. Now let's get into what watched. So, lady, gentlemen, what you guys been watching? Uh, I got a few. You guys got anything? Oh, I got one little thing. Yeah, my one little thing's with Joe's little thing. All right, so I'll, I'll do right. mine, then I'll let you guys go, and then I'll do one more. Okay. After. Um, so my first one is a 2022 film that I watched over on Shutter, and it's called Night's End. So in this one, um, a guy, he's down on his luck and he's, uh, he doesn't have a job and he lives in an apartment and he decides to start a uh, YouTube channel where he like gives people advice about life and everything, like kind of life coaching uh, channel. And then there are some um, ghostly happenings that start happening in the background of his videos. And so he starts making, you know, more videos about the ghost stuff because that's what's generating views and he has it in his head that that is the career he wants to be in is like a youtuber even though he has really no followers at the beginning but then people start paying attention to him because of those ghostly happenings so he starts provoking it more and more which finally leads him to a big like paranormal channel who gets interested in his story and they start doing like a live thing together uh involving like this guy who sends over some spiritual box which really brings out all the ghostly shits and a bunch of stuff happens from there uh the movie is uh, uh it's not great it's not great i'm gonna be honest i think it had a lot of potential i like the story a lot 
Uh, I liked the acting a lot, surprisingly. Uh, it's a really low budget film. Uh, it takes place mostly in like that guy's room and a few other people in their webcams. And uh, they did a good job of like conveying what they were doing. But the movie itself just got a little too weird. Uh, they never really get into the horror stuff as much as I was hoping either. So that was kind of uh, uh, annoying. The CGI is like awful, just awful. Um, if you can't pull off CGI, just don't do it. Try to find a practical way to convey it. Uh, even if it looks bad, I find practical bad looks better than CGI bad. CGI bad is just really distracting. And uh, they do this like glitching effect on the camera every time that ghost shit starts happening in the room. And it's cool at first, but at the end, it's just glitching all the time. And it just got really annoying. Uh, I see that in a lot of indie films, like really low budget films, where they find kind of a cool angle with some kind of camera effect or lighting effect or something like that. But they overuse it like way too much in a movie. I, I know I've talked about stuff like that in the past. And just you know, lay off the uh, the gas a little bit when it comes to uh, effects like that, because they could be a cool tool in some instances, but if you overuse it, it loses its effect completely. Uh, in my opinion, I wouldn't watch it, but if you like uh, that type of movie, like ghost stuff, you like YouTubers, it's a little bit like Host, like a little bit, um, but not nearly as good. So that's uh, Night's End over on Shutter. All righty. Uh, yeah, so I don't got much this week because uh, we watched two movies for the pod, so I didn't have much more time. But uh, Sam and I uh, finished uh, this uh, Severance. It was the season finale uh, this past week. We had mentioned it on the show, I think, a couple times before. It's not really horror, but uh, it definitely like is in the realm of like I don't know, maybe sci-fi. Would you say maybe? Or I mean, there's yeah. definitely like some like mild, very mild horror elements at best. Um, but I mean, I got to mention it cause I think it's the best or one of the best shows going like right now in television, mm-hmm. um, fantastic writing, fantastic acting and just like, yeah, I mean, just fantastic all around. I, I just cannot recommend it enough. And the finale, uh, just left off great. It was a great finale and left off with a, a big cliffhanger and season two just got, um, it just got renewed, picked up for season two. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, you got just a lot of great actors, Adam Scott, Patricia Arquette, uh, Christopher Walken, uh, John Turturro, uh, and, you know, created by Ben Stiller. Uh, so yeah, I mean, a lot of great actors involved in this, so I definitely recommend it. Yeah. Um, I second everything Joe said. It's a really good show. And I feel like I've mentioned this before, but it's a show that definitely like gets you thinking. And if you like going down rabbit holes and watching like videos on YouTube each week, kind of dissecting the episode, um, that's what I do with this show. It's so, so good. And I feel like, I feel like it's kind of underrated at this point, just because it is on Apple TV. Is it Apple TV? Yeah. But it's such an amazing show. Like just the writing is good. Like I am always on the edge of my seat watching it. Like it's an amazing t- television show. Highly, highly recommend it. Yeah. You can really get into like, man, like the people have some crazy theories too. Cause Sam and I both join like the Facebook group and people like get really like they're, they're, the fans are already gotten like hardcore uh, into stuff and whatnot. And some people have already, predicted stuff that's already happened so like you know it's 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 a great little fan base over there so yeah like sam said for going down rabbit holes this is definitely a great show to do it 
I do feel that being on Apple TV is probably hurting the show more than anything. Uh, I I don't think I know anyone other but you guys that watch Apple TV. So it's like one of those things, I guess. I, I had it for free for a year. And I think I looked at it once and there's nothing that appealed to me. So I just kind of let it lapse. So, I don't yeah. know what it is about um, the shows that we've seen from Apple TV, but they're just so elevated. Like I don't like getting into TV shows. I don't like investing my time or getting like hooked on most television shows, but anything that comes out on Apple, I'm like, I know that it's going to be amazing. So if you're able to yeah, like I've been try the free trial and watch all these shows, like if you have a weekend, like binge watch the show, binge watch a lot of the Apple shows. If you need recommendations, just message me. Yeah. Yeah. Sir. I mean, so like we said, Servant and Severance, both absolutely worth your time. Um, mm-hmm. Servant, maybe more for the horror fans. It's definitely more has the horror element in there. Um, but yeah watch them both like I yeah I agree with Sam get the 30-day free trial and binge both those shows because it's totally worth it and honestly like especially with severance like I you will want to continue on with season two so I don't think it's a 30-day trial is it I think it's, I think it's like two weeks it so they're like oh hell no bitch right, like you need to sign right. up now <laughs> all right <laughs> all right well but you can I mean you can binge it like I said severance is only nine episodes and servant um there's three seasons but they're i think eight episodes a season and they're only 30 minute episodes so you can get through it pretty quick yeah when you really get into a show i mean my wife just watched euphoria like two seasons and two days so yeah when you get into a show you can go really quickly sometimes uh and euphoria oh boy that was a that was a that was a show (laughs) (laughs) you guys finished both or all seasons she she did i kind of i was kind of just I wasn't really watching so much as floating through stuff. it. Yeah. Yeah, floating through it. And does uh, she like it? What does she, she think? It. Yeah, she loved it. Who um, does she like? Does she like a certain character? What she, she does she Zendaya. like about it? Uh, she She's am- Zendaya does amazing. Like, are you kidding me? That's the only reason I got hooked because her acting literally takes my breath away in some of these scenes. Like, it feels like someone punched me in the gut. It's out of this world. Yeah, I, I guess maybe because I don't have a lot of context, but it seems that every once in a while I'd peer over at kind of the television that she was watching and it'd be like big guy on a can having, you know, jerking off and then a fucking phone full of dick pics and then a big guy like eating a guy's ass. And then it was like, okay, this show, <laughs> this show is a little more intense than I expected for. Mm, yeah, it's very sex heavy, but I feel like they've kind of gotten away from that. Um uh, the later into season two but yeah season one and mm-hmm. first half of season two is really heavy into it i know one of the lead actresses um on it complained about started complaining about the, the nudity so i think maybe that's why they started dialing back for her but yeah, yeah. she didn't complain she just didn't want to do it because no one else okay. was doing it so mm-hmm. i wouldn't say complain okay we love women around here oh you uh, so going from your elevated uh, television to my what do you got? Uh, not so much elevated <laughs> uh, movie. So my next uh, what watched is a movie from 2021 that you can find over on Tubi. And that is the fantastic sequel to Cares Hell, Cares Hell the Second. So Cares Hell, if you don't remember, is about a carousel horse who uh, becomes alive and starts murdering some people and then goes to a party and then starts 
smoking up and having sex and doing all sorts of shit. It's a very low budget movie, but is super entertaining. It's actually, I'd say, one of my favorite kind of cheesy, low low budget, fun horror movies. Uh, you know, this, Killer Sofa, there's a few of them that I really like. This is definitely up there. And Carousel II kind of keeps us on that journey. And this one, Duke, which is the, uh, the horse, um, he has a son. And uh, he starts like trying to figure out what it's like to be a father. He tries to find himself all while his uh, dark magic wielding Nazi uh, like creators are starting to trying to get back to him and uh, like destroy him and stuff like that. Uh, we also find out that there are more objects that are uh, alive out there in the world. So possibly teasing a, uh, a third film in the series. I mean, look, it's really stupid. It's really low budget. But I, I really enjoy the series. Carousel is a really entertaining series. And if you like low budget kind of cheesy stuff, uh, this is, I think, one of the better ones out there. So I'd recommend it. That's Carousel the second over on Tubi. Um, there's one more movie I want to talk about before we move on, just because it has to do with today's episode. Um, we're only covering I Know What You Did Last Summer, and I still know what you did last summer. But I did check out I'll Always Know what you did last summer, uh, just to kind of complete the trilogy. I had actually never seen this one, um, mostly because A, as you'll find out, not the biggest fan of this franchise, and B, it pretty much stars nobody from the other film, so it's kind of its own thing. Uh, in this one, uh, we it takes place in Colorado, of all fucking places, which makes no, no sense whatsoever. Uh, this uh, group of friends are at a fair, and all of a sudden, um, the... Uh, what, do you, what do you call him? Like the, you know, the Ben Willis character. I forget what they call him. The... What do you mean? Like, what, what's his, like his character name? Wait, what? I'm sorry. I, what, what, not ben? I was like, yeah, no, like Ben Willis is his name, but do, does he have like a other name? Like, like a, a like the fisherman a or the, oh, the slicker. Yeah, the fisherman, I guess. The guy okay, yeah. who wears sure. the slicker. Yeah. So let's say, let's say the fisherman for the, yeah, for the review's sake. So, uh, so they're at the fair and the fisherman starts, uh, you know, going after people and he slashes a couple people and then a guy like accidentally falls over uh, and is impaled to death. Uh, meanwhile, this group of friends, they kind of get away from it and it turns out that the fisherman is one of them and they're playing a prank on the people at the fair. But then they realize that they accidentally really killed someone by having someone who fell, you know, and got impaled. So the movie takes place a year later. And uh, pretty much the same plot as the other one where the actual fisherman, I'm not really sure if it was played by Ben Willis. I'm, I wasn't paying attention enough, I guess. Uh, he starts popping them off and stuff like that. So I got to say, I expected the absolute worst in this one. And very controversially, I think it's my favorite one in the series. Uh, it's got some good kills. It's got decent acting. It's got an interesting setup. The music is actually really good. And yeah, it's it just, it's like it knew what people wanted out of this series and just delivered it. Now, of course, there's some stuff that's annoying. Uh, why then Colorado makes no fucking sense. It's, it's not even a like port city. So there's no point of putting in Colorado other than that's where the filmmakers probably were. Um, some of the camera effects are a little annoying. Um, and yeah, it's just little things like that. But overall, it was like an enjoyable 
you know, one-time watch. Like I wouldn't watch this again. I wouldn't go out of my way recommending this, but I enjoyed it for what it was. So that's, I'll always know what you did last summer from 2006, which I think I watched, what did I watch this on? I don't know. Oh, I watched it on CTV, which is a Canadian um, streaming channel. So there you go. Shocking. I don't that's remember if I've ever seen the third one. I definitely never have. If you like the series, yeah. I mean, you got nothing to lose, right? It's a, especially right. if it's available somewhere for free. I don't know in the U.S. if it is, but it's a good one. Yeah, man. Based on that, I, I guess I'm gonna have to because you know, now that I mean, we just watched the the other two. I guess I got to complete the uh, the trilogy, I suppose. So. Yeah, for, yeah. For Check me, it it's up. because the letterboxed. Uh, when you're a pro member, they give you all these stats, and one of the stats mm. they give you is the co- collections that you haven't completed. Uh, it, it like sits there forever like staring at you every time you open letterbox like like for me i had eight that i need to complete and it's just like fuck and yeah you know, i need to finish them and that's why nice yeah. all right thank you everyone for your watches now let's get into some horror news trivia for those of you who love our trivia segment it will be back next week once todd returns so Stay tuned, but for now, let's get into a little bit of hard news and um, kind of a quiet hard news week, but there were a couple of big stories that actually just broke today of all days. Um, so let me start with one of them. Um, and I know Sam will be a little bit excited about this one. She'll actually be excited about the two that broke today, but I'll save one for the end. Um, first, Casper is going to be returning, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that is right. Casper, the friendly ghost, uh, has been greenlit for a television series. Um, so it is going to be, uh, apparently, it is going to be a darker spin on the Casper uh, mythos, and it is going to be a series on Peacock. Uh, so Deadline reports uh, Casper, the friendly ghost, is coming back to television in a brand new incarnation. Reminiscent of Riverdale's darker, darker interpretation of the Archie comics, uh, Peacock is developing Casper, a live action, uh, they're calling it a horror adventure series, which reimagines the origin of Casper in a coming of age story that explores what it means to be alive. Uh, to continue on with um, the potent- the story for this one, uh, when a new family arrives in the small town of Eternal Falls, Casper finds himself entangled in a mystery uncovering dark secrets that have been buried for over a hundred years so uh pretty intriguing news uh so lady and gentlemen what is your take on this i'm sam i know you're a massive fan of the casper movie so are you down for a darker interpretation of casper um it's funny that you brought up casper because when we went to that bookstore the other day i got like a little casper book i was so excited about it uh okay so i kind of went up and down while you were telling me this announcement not excited that they're comparing it to riverdale um i tried to watch riverdale i need to finish it but why why does everything have to be darker like why can't it just be I don't know, because here I am saying, if you're going to remake it, make it different. Don't make it different. It's like, what do we want? Uh, But I will say I'm excited for it and I will check it out. So he's going to be like human form Casper. And then I'm assuming something bad will happen. And then he'll be a ghost, like a spirit, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it kind of sounds like maybe they're going that route, but I'm not really sure. Maybe they'll start with like human Casper and then we'll get ghost casper eventually i'm not really sure 
It wasn't clear. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I mean, the Casper movie from the 90s, I mean, it, it, was, it wasn't dark, but it wasn't light either. Like, there's some pretty scary moments, and they dealt with some pretty serious themes. Um, so I don't know how much darker... <laughs> Like, unless you actually go like well yeah i'm like what it, do we mean know? dark yeah i mean casper is a friendly ghost <laughs> not <the> dark <laughs> ghost so uh I, I definitely watch it i don't know how they're gonna tackle it maybe they'll tackle it more with real world issues where like casper in the movie was kind of relegated to his house the whole time where this he could just be at, everywhere at school and different places and help people through their you know, teen bullshit so yeah i'm, I'm, I'm curious I, i'd check it out yeah, well, we'll keep you guys up to date on that. That is definitely uh, going to be interesting. So we'll keep it. Maybe something we'll cover. I mean, we cover a few TV series here and there. So if they take a darker spin on this, maybe it's something we could look into. Uh, all, right. all right, next bit of news here is, of course, when you think of horror, the, the name that probably immediately comes to mind is the legend of Robert England. Well, he is finally getting his own documentary. Uh, so... Uh, this one will be called Hollywood Dreams and Nightmares, the Robert England story. And it will feature a centerpiece interview, of course, with the man himself. But it will also include interviews with Lance Henriksen, Eli Roth, Tony Todd, Bill Mosley, Lynn Shea, Heather Langenkamp, and Robert's wife herself, Nancy Booth. Um, so uh, this will explore, um, of course, the whole career of um, Robert England, um, from his humble starts, um, to, you know, becoming one of the biggest icons in horror. Um, I should also mention, this is also uh, coming from the team that is doing the Pennywise, uh, story of it documentary as well, which will be coming out over on Screenbox very soon. Uh, no official word on when and where this is going to be released, but I'm sure we will be getting information on that very soon, and we will keep you up to date on that. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that, and I'll actually be meeting Robert again. I've met him a couple times, but I'll be meeting him again at uh, Texas Frightmare at the end of this month, so I'm excited to see him again and uh, show him my tattoo, my Freddy tattoo, which I haven't shown him in person, so I'm excited to see uh, and get his reaction on that, because I actually, out of all my, I haven't, uh, I have like six or seven horror tattoos now and i haven't been able to show any of the actors or anyone uh the tattoos yet so i'm excited to finally show uh someone a tattoo so yeah try not to scare uh your uh your airplane uh, <laughs> i'll try uh, not you know, to this time, there, yeah. This yeah all right hopeful <laughs> yeah, so, something i gotta say about robert england we kind of give him a hard time a lot on this podcast because his acting is not the best in uh, everything outside of A Nightmare on Elm Street. But I will say this, he is a fantastic interview. Like he is super well-spoken. He knows about history of film and horror and techniques and people. And he's a super, super fascinating guy. So a documentary about Robert England, I think it could be really, really good. Like, I don't know if people know this, but it's Robert England who convinced Mark Hamill to audition for Star Wars um, because they lived in an apartment together or some, something like that. So he has a really fascinating story and I think it'd be really cool to uh, get that story uh, put on film. So I'm excited for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, as sad as it is, he's getting up there in age, you know, and we're not going to have him forever. So it'll be great to have kind of his legacy uh, in this documentary uh, for fans to remember for, for years to come. Um so yeah all right uh in uh other news here uh really quickly uh lock and key season three will be hitting netflix um 
this month, but in other news, it'll be the final season of Lock and Key season uh, <laughs> of the Lock and Key series as Netflix has officially canceled the series. Um, this was based on Joe Hill's um, graphic novel series, and yeah, so I don't know. I never watched it. I don't know if it was a good show or not. I don't know if uh, either of you guys have watched it. Maybe that's why it is getting canceled because not a lot of people did watch it. But I, I heard good things actually about it. Uh, I have watched it. I, I actually really like season one. I really like where they were going. It was very interesting. Uh, what the keys did, they, the keys have special powers and they each like unlock this different power and stuff. And I really liked it. Season two, holy shit, they went on a whole other level of just, there are mm. way too many fucking things going on. There are a ton of keys. They contradict each other. The whole world, the whole universe is like confusing. And I kind of, by the end of season two, I was kind of like, ugh. I don't know if I want to continue this now, knowing that this there's a final third season. Yeah. I'll probably watch it. If they said, Oh, there's probably more coming. Maybe I drop out, but that's yeah, too bad. They just, they had a good thing going. It's just, it became way too complex for, you know, it's own good. I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, next bit of news here. Uh, not a lot of details um, concerning this bit of news here, but James Wan has signed on to develop um an unscripted reality tv series now um it hasn't been confirmed whether what this exactly is going to be i think most people think it is definitely going to be a horror unscripted reality series um think along the lines of possibly like mtv's fear back in the day i know a lot of people um i mean i loved that show um so i'm hoping they go somewhere that route but uh yeah pretty interesting we've never really gotten too many like uh horror reality tv series i mean i know scream queens was a big one i believe it was called that i think over on vh1 i think did that or something which was a pretty cool take on it and then you have uh, face off which you know isn't completely in the horror realm but another pretty good uh reality tv series so james wan doing something i think it could has the potential to be fantastic if you know done the right way so we'll see we'll keep you updated and uh any thoughts on that guys before moving on uh, I missed it. What kind of show is it? It's a reality horror show. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been officially announced. They just said he's been uh, tapped to do a uh, unscripted reality TV series, and he's oh. obviously a master of horror. So most people are assuming it is going to be a horror series. Yeah. Um, I loved Scream Queens. Mm-hmm. What That's was all it, I have. What to was it about? <laughs> Scream Queens. Yeah. Oh my God. It was women who wanted to be a scream queen. Like they would set them up on challenges where they would reenact a scene. They would be murdered. They had to scream and they just went through all these challenges to find the ultimate scream queen. And I Mm -hmm. feel like there were at least two seasons. There might've been three. And um, what's her face? Shawnee Smith. Shawnee Smith. I I think Mm -hmm. she hosted... Or maybe yeah. like she was a guest judge. I think she hosted. I'm pretty sure she hosted. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she did host. Yeah, yeah it, was it was right good. after her screen. Yeah, it was right after soft fame, her soft fame. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, it is. Watch. I agree. It is a really fun show. I think you can you can probably find them on YouTube some of the episodes and stuff. But it is really cool. Yeah, it was like aspiring actresses that wanted to get into you know horror movies and stuff. So it was, yeah, it was really cool. And there were some other judges on there too, besides Shawnee. I think maybe some other horror people. But yeah, there were judges. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll keep you up to date. James Wan attached could be fantastic. Like I said, um, file this under like 
super weird and bizarre news as uh, Kevin Smith's uh, new horror movie, uh, which has been talked about for quite a while, uh, Kilroy was here, will be releasing soon. Now, the problem with it is he's releasing it uh, in NFT form, uh, which I still don't understand the whole NFT uh, craze. I don't even understand like how NFTs work or anything. So I don't know, uh, Steve, maybe you're more versed in this atmosphere of the NFTs and stuff and how, how you even watch a movie like with uh, based on these NFTs, but take yeah, it so away. <laughs> NFTs, fucking NFTs. Okay. So the way I understand it, and I'm not even an expert in this, so I could be off, but the way I understand it, let's say the, the Mona Lisa, right? You purchase the NFT of the Mona Lisa. So you go to the Louvre, and you say, okay, the Mona Lisa is now mine. Can I take it home? No, because an NFT is not an actual object. You own it, but you can't take it. What it is, is that in some back room in the back of the Louvre, uh, there's a little sticker that says Mona Lisa owned by Joe and Sam. And that's it. That That is what an NFT is. You own the, like, it's almost like the rights, I guess to the Mona Lisa. Now, even if you take a picture of the Mona Lisa and you sell the Mona Lisa at the gift shop, it's still not necessarily money going to you. It's like really confusing. Makes no fucking sense. And that analogy was someone on TikTok that I saw. It's not my own analogy. And it's just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Like they sell NFTs of moments, like of gifts, of all sorts of stuff. And I don't know, maybe I'm just too old understand like what the appeal is um now if it was like the digital rights to something like i saw them like the wwe sold the nft rights to undertaker throwing mankind off the cage onto the table and now if you own that footage and you're allowed to use it for whatever purpose you want and make money off of it then i'd understand it but from my understanding that's not how nfts work so i don't know and the way it's working from my understanding with this kevin smith thing is that a certain amount of people will own a key that unlocks you the ability to watch this movie. And there are only a certain amount of keys, like let's say five, I think it's 5,500 if I understood correctly. And only those 5,500 people technically could watch this film. I think it's stupid as shit. I think Kevin Smith is making a huge mistake and people are rebelling against NFTs. There are like gaming companies that announce NFT projects and people are like not buying their games anymore because they're like, fuck that. I'm not getting into that space. So I think I I see what he's doing. He's trying to get into with the hip crowd. I think NFTs is just not it right now. Yeah. Agreed. Like why limit your, your watch, like the fan base and the watchability, like 50, only 5,500 people are going to be able to watch this movie. Like, I just don't understand the appeal. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say fuck that. I mean, for sure. And yeah, I mean, it's just space I don't understand at all. And I don't understand the appeal of only 5,500 people being able to watch your movie. I guess he's hoping like people will spend a lot of money or something on it. I mean, I don't, I, is it like going to be like a set price or do people like, like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. That's, that's a whole other thing. Like maybe it is a set price. Maybe it's like, I don't know, an auction type thing where I don't know. It's, it's, it's just one of those things. I guess it's over my head and something right. I personally won't support until it's essentially mass supported by people so yeah i I, if that's the future of films i which i sure hope not um count me out (laughs) i'll i'll go fucking you know we're we're gonna be the old guys with our uh fucking hs's and dvds right (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, it's just maybe like one day it will all make sense, but for now, it's just like something that's completely foreign to me, and I just, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. But you know, we didn't understand like the internet that one time. Yeah, I was so gonna say my is, grandparents don't few, understand yeah. the internet, so it's like maybe <laughs> right. that's where we're at. You know, NFTs is our internet. Right. Maybe we'll see. I don't know. Uh, you know, there's a whole like a lot of people think it's their scams and whatnot. You know, you get into the whole Bitcoin stuff and whatnot, but. We'll see. I mean, so if you want to watch Kilroy, uh, Kevin Smith's new horror movie, go go buy the NFT, I suppose, and Becky, and you can tell us how it is, you know? I mean, here's my other question. Like, I'm assuming it's, like, probably, like, a one-time watch, right? Like, you wouldn't be able to watch it again or something like that? Like, it, like, will delete, like, after you watch it type thing? Yeah, they'll, I'm they'll go into your brain and delete it because I'm sure someone will copy it somewhere, right? Like That's what I'm saying, like, right? Like, you would think it's going to get pirated somehow, some way, right? And, like, people and that, that's like the other thing like okay you're letting it to 5500 people obviously like a ton of people want to watch it so then someone's gonna go and pirate it and everyone's gonna be able to just it's just gonna watch it for free rather where if you released it you know vod or something you'd make way more money so yeah i don't know like you said he's trying to deal with the hip crowd i guess here or the techie crowd you know more power to him but i don't see it working out uh all righty uh this one's for the collectors as trick-or-treat studios has finally um put up for pre-order their ultimate chucky doll and their brand new, um, more affordable uh, plushy Chucky doll. So um, I think probably the more interesting thing for people is the more plushy Chucky doll. So of course, uh, these Chucky dolls are super expensive, uh, $500 um, for the good guy replica. So they're doing the good guy replica, but his body is more plushy style. So the price tag on this is $199. Um, so, you know, still expensive, but you can get a pretty good looking screen accurate looking Chucky doll for, you know, the 199 price range, which, you know, for collectors isn't too bad. And then the ultimate Chucky is priced at 599, very expensive, but this thing looks amazing. Uh, it is the evil Chucky look from uh, Child's Play 2. Um, what's really cool about this one though, is the heads are magnetic and interchangeable. So they're going to sell um, uh, different faces and stuff like that. So you can, um, magnetically take the heads and faces off and change them out to look like, um, you know, the original good guy doll, angry Chucky. And I know they're also doing, uh, the pizza face Chucky from the end of part three. Um, and the hands are going to interchangeable too. So he can hold, uh, knives and other certain things. So pretty dang cool. Um, you get a lot of bang for your buck on that one. Uh, they will release in December, uh, but you can pre-order them now over on trick or treat uh trick-or-treat studios website so yes and in the last bit of horror news tonight uh news that actually just broke uh, about you know an hour before we came on the show is spirit halloween you guys know them of course as uh you know one of the biggest halloween stores in the world uh you know they come out every year well they're getting into the movie business, folks. That is right. We are getting a Spirit Halloween, the movie, starring Christopher Lloyd and Rachel Lee Cook. So here is the plot of this movie. When a new Spirit Halloween store appears in a deserted strip mall, three middle school friends who think they've outgrown trick-or-treating make a dare to spend the night locked inside the store on Halloween night. But they soon find out that the store's haunted by an angry evil spirit who has possessed the creepy animatronic 
characters. The kids embark on a thrilling and spooky adventure in order to survive the night and avoid becoming possessed themselves. Uh, the cast uh, is a bunch of young kids. I don't know, but I'll read their names anyway. Uh, Donovan Colon from Zoe fame, Dylan Frankel from Raven's Home, Jaden Smith from Blue Bloods, and Marissa Reyes, also from Raven's Home, will star in this spirit Halloween movie. So, Sam, I know uh, that was a lot for you to take in, but what do you think, Spirit Halloween, the movie? I mean, it was <laughs> it was bound to happen eventually, so will I watch it? Yes. Are you going to watch it, Joe? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a lot of fun. Like, it sounds like Goosebumps, like Are You Afraid of the Dark, like style. Obviously, yeah, they're going for yeah. the the children's uh style like type horror movie and yeah i think it could be a blast mm -hmm. i'm psyched i mean i'll watch it for yeah. sure um yeah now i just hope you know a lot of these what i like to call ad movies where they're just basically peddling a product uh <laughs> in the movie are often really terrible and do a little bit too much product placement like hey sam look at this uh you know 49.99 mask look it's super high quality and just like that kind of shit where it's way too obviously peddling their like products and stuff so i hope they don't go that route um but yeah i'm i'm excited to see what they do with it so i wonder if it's going to be like also it's coming out in october this year i believe so mm. i don't know to me maybe it should be earlier and almost like a preview for this year's like merch so it should almost mm. come out late. It's it's one of those things. But I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'll watch it. What what is it on? I, it I doesn't know. say. I'm a. I don't. That's my question. Is it? Is this going to be like a theater release? Is this going to be a VOD release? Or is it going to be maybe exclusive on Spirit's website? You know, I don't. I don't really know. But I mean, they got a good cast. I mean, Christopher Lloyd coming back. I mean, you know, that's a pretty good uh, get. I'm assuming he's going to be like maybe the creepy shop owner or something like that, or you know, or maybe Rachel Lee Cook will be the mom or something like that of one of the kids or something. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think yeah, it sounds like it could be a blast. So yeah, I know they filmed. I had so I'm in a Spirit Halloween group, and I saw um, someone last year said they were filming a movie in their Spirit Halloween store. So I knew there was like rumblings of it actually uh, happening, but it's it's cool to see that like it's like a legit movie with like a, a big uh, cast and actors in it. Mm -hmm. Spirit Halloween, man. I, I should have just left my wallet there last year and just like told them. <laughs> I, I spent so much money at Spirit last year. It's like ridiculous. I, it's one of my mm -hmm. kryptonite uh, stores. I, I can't go in without buying anything. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, just a couple of years ago, Sam and I, uh, Sam was invited to the the flagship store uh, for their grand opening, and uh, that was a really cool uh, experience. It's, I think it was in the bones of a circuit, an old Circuit City uh, that they keep open. I think for the flagship store, though, I feel like they should open it year round, keep it open year round, but they don't. It's always interesting to see what store they, you know, kind of take the bones of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It's, it's always interesting to see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah good times. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. It's only a five months away that we get our new spirit uh, season should be fun yep definitely and uh yeah we'll keep up to date on that i mean that's definitely one maybe sam could come back for i think that'd be a perfect one for mm -hmm. uh, her to jump in and do so we'll see but yeah that is it for hard news this week awesome all right are we ready then what are we waiting for huh let's what get into are you waiting for huh <laughs> Let's get into it. Uh, the I know what you did last summer. 
series. Part one and two. I know what you did last summer, and I still know what you did last summer. Um, where Steve, of course, co- co- covered. Uh, I'll always know what you did last summer. And Sam watched the series. I know what you uh, talked about on what watched some time ago. That was on what was it? Amazon Prime, I think. Sam, is that where this, yep. that franchise? Yeah, one and done. Got canceled, but. <laughs> So, okay, uh, let's start with the original I Know What You Did Last Summer, summer starring, of course, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Philippe. Is it Philippe? Philippe. Ryan Philippe. Okay. Ryan Philippe and Freddie Prince Jr., directed by Jim Gillespie, going off the IMDb plot synopsis. Four young friends. Brought bound by a tragic accident, are reunited when they find themselves being stalked by a hook-wielding maniacs maniac in their small seaside town. So yeah, I mean that's pretty much the basic plot synopsis, but I'll go a little bit more in depth about it. Um, yeah. So yeah, they uh, four friends, Fourth of July, they decide to you know party out on the beach, have some drinks. They start driving home uh, when Barry, who is uh, played by Ryan Philippe or Philippi is uh, too drunk to drive. So he uh, gives the keys to his buddy played by Freddie Prince Jr. I think Ray is his character name. And yeah, so they start uh, driving. Uh, Barry is being extremely drunk and annoying, um, which causes them to have an accident and they run over um, a gentleman and they decide, what are we going to do? Are we going to call the police? Are we going to, not um and yeah basically uh they deal with this crisis and they finally decide all right we're gonna hide the, we're gonna basically cover up this uh tragedy and they go along their merry way one year later they start receiving notes i knew what you did last summer and they are stalked by this uh man in a slicker outfit who is it we don't know we have to find out and that's where we leave off so um, I think we'll let Sam talk last tonight. Um, so Steve, why don't you start us off? What did you think about I know what you did last summer? I'm really gonna miss Sam's reactions on video over <laughs> <laughs> <for> dessert <laughs> things. <laughs> Always to Joe. Yeah, so yeah, right. Um so yeah, I, I hadn't seen this in probably like 20 years. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen this, so I was it was almost like a fresh watch at this point. Uh, I remembered like the big beats, but nothing more than that. Uh, I was quickly reminded that Jennifer Love Hewitt is like in the Hall of Fame hot <laughs> horror actresses. Like, holy shit, she is like gorgeous. Um, but the movie itself, kind of bland in my opinion. Uh, didn't love it. I thought that the kills could have been a little bit better. I uh, think the rules are a little skewed. Like, um, for example, I'll, I'll call him the fisherman. Uh, the fisherman's whole deal is that he's getting revenge on these kids for basically, you know, killing him and uh, dumping the body. But his very first kill is Max, um, you know, which makes no sense because Max had nothing to do with it. So is he just killing those kids? Like that stuff like that kind of confused me and when you break the rules, especially that quickly, like the very first kill, he's already breaking his rules. It kind of sets a tone for the movie for me. And that kind of hurts the movie a little bit for me. Um, I like the music. You know, I think it's super well shot and everything like that. It's, it's pretty well acted. You know, I like all the actors involved in this, but uh, I don't know. I just, I thought it was, you know, maybe at the time it was fresh. I don't even remember it being that fresh at the time, but to me, it's kind of a bland 
horror movie that didn't have a ton of substance. And I was also confused as to what actually happened and what wasn't happening. So some of those kills, did they happen? Or is it all in Jennifer Love Hewitt's head? Like, I don't know. And they don't really establish a lot of that. So yeah, that reminds me of Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, so this was like, this movie came out post-Scream. Like, it was like the first real, like, post-Scream slasher movie. Um, so, th- I mean, I think that's like, it definitely, that definitely helped this movie a lot. Um, with, of course, the, the cast, of course, it's, it's, it's a great cast. Uh, I'll give it that. Um, yeah, I mean, this one's like, it's, it's a mixed bag for me. But honestly, like, I think the nostalgia factor for me definitely elevates this one a little bit. Because, like, I was really young when I saw it. And I saw it so many damn times. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, the movie, I agree with Steve. Like, I, I think the killer is probably the biggest issue with this movie. Just because he's, like, really, like, not interesting. Like, especially, like, once we get the big reveal. And, man, this, this story is convoluted. Like, I was talking to it about Sam. And, man, it is, like... It you really have to like figure it out yourself. They they don't really put everything like out there for you, and you're like, okay, like who the fuck is David Egan? Like, uh, and who is this guy? And okay, Ben Mills was who? Like, why is he like? So like, it's very confusing, uh, for sure. And we'll get into that once we get into spoiler more spoiler territory with the ending of this movie. Um. So yeah, I yeah, I mean, I'm split. Like, you know, I the nostalgia definitely brings this one up for me. Um. But there's definitely a lot of problems with it. I I will say I love the setting. I love the small fishing town setting. I think it's fantastic. I think it really um helps. Like uh, you, you feel like you kind of know everybody, you know, and like it makes sense that everyone kind of is tight in this tight knit town. I think like actually the, there's some great drama in here. Like you know like. Uh, like with uh like the, honestly the accent scene i think is fantastic like i i think that whole setup and everything is great and it sets the whole movie up um perfectly so i will i'll, I'll give that accent scene big big props um the kills are definitely lacking um they actually i read post production they had to go in post production and reshoot scenes to add blood because it was actually there was zero blood in this movie until then which i found to be um pretty interesting but yeah i mean it's shot real well it's acted real well um and yeah i think just the main problems for me are the the convoluted storyline and just like certain things that that didn't make sense um but overall i think it's fun it's like mindless fun in a lot of ways um so i know what you did last summer um i actually really really love this movie i saw it i think i was in middle school I think uh, in the theater, I remember like who I went with and whose mom dropped us off. And I was immediately obsessed with this movie. Like, are you joking? Ryan Phillippe, like there's never been a more beautiful man that I saw at whatever age I was. I was like, what? There's guys like this that actually exist. The answer is no, only on the screen. Um, But it's a great movie. Like, I feel like this movie probably even though I watched horror when I was younger because of my mom like this was one that I kind of went off on my own to see um I loved Jennifer Love Hewitt uh Sarah Michelle Gellar loved her they were like the teen starlets that were so popular at the time um and like Joe said I as much as I love this movie, I'm like, who is Ben? Did Ben die? Was he the killer? Was he the son? Like I had to be reminded. 
I don't know. I like that it's based in the summer, although it was released in October. I like that it's in a town where, like Joe mentioned, it feels like you know everyone. Some of the scenes were actually pretty haunting, Um, like especially when Sarah Michelle Gellar, she gets her hair chopped. (laughs) I don't know why that's so scary, but to know that a man was in your room and he literally chopped your hair off, put a fucking crown on your head, wrote on the mirror and just left. Uh, Also, there was a dream that I had of Ryan Phillippe because I was so obsessed with this movie. I remember I got it on VHS and I would just watch it over and over and over and I had the whole movie memorized with all the quotes and there was this dream that I had where Barry Ryan Phillippe he he died like on a ship on a boat and I remember specifically like his body was (laughs) so weird his body was cold and it was blue in this dream like I still think about every now and then because it just haunted me and I was so sad but anyway um what else The soundtrack, are you joking me? Like, let's jump into a convertible, put the top down and go to Sonic and get a Diet Dr. Pepper. Like, yes, please. It's a great movie. Can we talk about that hair chopping scene though? Um, Her hair looks completely fine. Like she still looks good. (laughs) She looks so cute with her short hair. She did with her little short, like Bob haircut or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, she looked, yeah, exactly. Like that was such a stupid plot line because like, of course, like there's a throwaway line in the beginning where like, you know, she's like, it's all about vanity with her and her hair is like so important and stuff. And it makes sense. Yeah. Like chop her hair off. He should have like shaved her head or something like that. Obviously they're not going to allow that because it's fucking Sarah Michelle Gellar and she's beautiful. Um, But it would have been like so more effective to the storyline. She would have woke up than- though. I mean, she didn't wake up for her cutting her hair in any way. Like, so, or, yeah, but like, when your hair like, is long, you can grab the end. Like, I can't even feel it at my scalp. Like, me moving my hair, the there's no nerve right now. Okay, well, at least make her look ugly or something like that. Because, like, it, it, it ended up, she looked fine. Like, completely fine. So, I just found yeah. that to be, like, just... Maybe, just like, work. taking the scissors and just chopping right at the scalp. Sure. Just a one little thing. Like, our... Yeah. I'm sure Sarah Michelle Gellar vetoed it uh, or whatever, but yeah, I mean, that just plotline did not work uh, whatsoever. <laughs> I, I think to me, it was less about the result and more about like, why? Um, you know, this guy is exacting revenge on these kids for what he's been done to him. And his plan is, well, I'm going to go to her house and I'm going to camp out there. And at the perfect time, I'm going to chop a piece of her hair off. And I'm just going to leave. And then she's going to live with it. <laughs> like, it makes no fucking sense. It's just yeah. like, why Why is he playing these games? It, he does. Yeah. The whole the whole movie is him playing games. Like, he, uh, you know, he steals Barry's car when he's out. At, he's in the gym. And he, you know, runs him over with his car. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just playing. It's like the long con, right? Like, he's just playing this yeah. long con for the whole movie. He just, he just likes fucking with them for whatever reason. And, uh. I mean, I guess you wouldn't really have a movie otherwise, like, because, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I will say I like the fisherman look. Like, I think it's like a cool look with the hook and stuff like that. Um, it's just like once we get the reveal, it's just like so lackluster uh, to me. Um, but I, I do like there's a lot of red herrings in this movie, which we'll get into it with the sequel. I, I don't think we got many red herrings at all uh, in the uh, in the sequel. But in this movie, like there's a lot of um, potential uh, suspects here. And I think it uh, it helped. It helped this movie a lot for me. But who is the better couple? Julie and Ray or Barry and no. Helen? 
probably Julian Ray. Like Barry and Helen seem like there could have been like a little bit of a like uh, abusive relationship there because Ray was like very aggressive. Yeah, but Ray was kind of manipulative too. But okay, Ray. Yeah, I was saying Barry. Okay, yeah, Ray was he? I think so. A little bitch boy sometimes. Mm-hmm. I like too um, uh, the makeup, like how they made both girls look like uh, like uh, they still look beautiful, but they like kind of like put a lot of makeup on them for that year later to like make it look like their whole like lives kind of fell apart and they look like shit and julie's failing out of school and they broke up she broke up with ray and then barry and um what's melissa michelle miller's character helen yeah they broke up too so like i thought that was like good because like yeah i mean like you would think something like that would happen Mm -hmm. like if you dealt with like a real tragedy like that so that's why i say like i think the drama here like the the director does like a good job the story like in general the writer does like a really good job um conveying all that throughout i had a hard time understanding the point of everything that had to do with anne haitia's character like when they go to that house uh why did they go to that house i didn't really understand what they were doing there like it's just i don't know that whole storyline seems super odd to me and didn't really lead to anything um so it it actually does and that's the problem with this movie because it's fucking convoluted as hell but here so i will get into spoiler territory here so i can explain uh this this storyline so the movie opens with a great shot actually of uh like the this you know the rock cliffs where they end up end up killing uh ben willis but we see a, a young man sitting on these cliffs and that is david egan uh david egan which is Anne haitia's brother which we you know they go through uh so basically what happens is which we find out through internet searches of jennifer love hewitt and michelle geller kind of searching stuff is david egan killed um his girlfriend in a drunk driving accident a year before this movie takes place um david egan obviously we see at the beginning of this movie drunk um regretting stuff he received a letter from uh ben willis which we come to find out uh which uh ann Hayes's character it's already getting convoluted here but ann Hayes's character thought took it as a suicide note from her brother what it really was was a, a threat the threat it said uh i'll always remember last summer i believe is what the, the note said um and i so and i assume that there was more to that letter where david egan was supposed to meet um the dad uh, of Ben Willis. So what happens that night, the night of this accident is Ben Willis actually murders David Egan, uh, in revenge for his daughter being killed by him. Uh, so he throws David Egan off this cliff, uh, and makes it look like a suicide. And he walking back from this murder is hit by the kids. And that is, you know, the essential storyline of this entire movie convoluted as hell. And like I said, it's not explained well at all and jeffrey love hewitt figures out in like two seconds like she sees this letter and is like this is an old a, a suicide note it's a warning it's a, like how do you how are you figuring this out because i know i didn't i couldn't figure it out I, I had to fucking like i had to like i remember i had to look up like plot synopsis like what the hell happened in this movie like after watching because like who the fuck's david egan like what who was he like who is Anne hage's character i agree with you guys like this movie's convoluted as hell and I'm sure everyone listening is confused as well after listening My to that. My <laughs> head hurts. I have a headache now. But also, right. Julie would figure it out, Joe, because beauty and brains. <laughs> That's right. Right. Yep. So I hope I explained that as well as I could. <laughs> no, you did. Like that. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, 
that's crazy like then that's i guess a lot of the problem but like you said the killer isn't interesting it, he just isn't you know he is yeah he's right uh, he looks a little cool he's got a hook cool but you know, we, <laughs> cool cool yeah. bro I mean, cool hook he's, he's no candy candy man right <laughs> like no i, mean, I was scared we, we saw that hook like, what, two, three years before and mm-hmm. the, the raincoat is just no personality you know that's to, to me and yeah like no go ahead yeah i was gonna say like if if you're gonna make a new horror you know character like a slasher i think you need to see the toy and immediately know who that is and without a box you know and with him i feel a lot of people would have no fucking idea you know unless you're really like a big horror fan you'll be like that's just generic you know horror slasher so i think that's a problem i think they needed something better and yeah and like you said the kills yeah <laughs> nothing too fantastic or great and it's, it's crazy that they had even less than that and they had to refilm some of the kills to make it even more gruesome you know and even stuff like when we see max in the car with all the crabs on him not sure if it happened no idea if it didn't happen okay it's weird how is he doing that to uh to the characters if it did happen is he just the best fucking cleaner ever which is something i'm going to cover in part two uh, apparently his cleaning abilities are like a 10 out of 10 because he is quick efficient and uh, like spotless so i don't know it's a lot of issues uh yeah i mean i think everything that happened in the movie did happen until the very very last scene which we come to find out is a, a dream sequence based on the sequel um but yeah, I mean, I, I think for sure everything in this movie did happen. And we actually just got a comment over on our Twitter uh, from Harker Jones, who said he's obsessed with Jen Loves Bangs in the part one, and he said they deserve their own credit. So <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> but all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that pretty much covers it. Uh, any, any last thoughts and ratings? No, despite all my issues with it, uh, it's still like, you know a classic i guess in a way because i do remember it like it was very mm-hmm. a lot of people talked about it at the time like uh, yeah i remember that time period pretty well it was like high school and stuff so it was definitely a popular movie uh just wasn't digging it you know and it's one of those mm-hmm. movies that i'm like in my mind i'm like oh, i'll probably never watch this again but in 10 years i'll be like oh yeah i know what you did last summer that wasn't bad i'll watch it again you know so yeah <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a good one to put on every 4th of July because there's not too many 4th of July horror movies. So. Oh, there are a ton. That's true. All right. All right, let's rate it. I'll start us off. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a fun movie, actually. Like, and I, I like, I, the nostalgia definitely plays a big factor in it, uh, despite the convoluted storyline and stuff. Um, I still think it's, it's a pretty fun movie if you just kind of turn your brain off and take it for what it is. Uh... I'm going to give it a six and a half. I, I was going to give it a seven, but man, like just thinking of like Ben Willis at the end, it's just like such like a boring like reveal and like when and he's not even wearing the slicker at the end and it's not even like a cool like ending really. His hand getting chopped off was kind of cool, but like other than that, it's just kind of like lackluster at the end there. So, so uh, yeah, six and a half. I'll give on this one. Um, I'm going to give it an eight. All right. Very good um i like i said didn't love it so i'm giving it a five out of ten come on steve I'm, I'm sorry i really wanted to especially for your last episode but i can't <laughs> i can't uh hide my feelings for it there's one one question i did want to ask you guys though about this one what would you have done 
if you were put in that situation? Would you have called oh, the I cops? Or yeah, would you have I would have called the cops. Even risking yeah. your entire, like, you know. Career. I mean, I wasn't, I wouldn't be the one driving. No. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think I would be able to, even if I was driving, I, I don't think I would, I could live with myself, you know? Yeah, I would always be, so, I mean, so paranoid because the killer always comes back, you know? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I would, you know, you have to own up with to your shit and that's, mm-hmm. right. that's they, they really took the coward's way out. They yeah. did. And it was, I mean, they were young. Like I think of like my brain at, you know, 16, 17 and like what, you know, if, especially like if all your friends kind of put that in together, I could see why they did do it. You know what I mean? But me personally, I don't think I could do it. All right. So let's do it. Let's get into the sequel. One year later, 1998 release. Um, I still know what you did last summer, which of course we get at the end of the first movie where he's, we get Ben Willis's uh, I still know him jumping out at Julie um, which was a dream ladies and gentlemen she didn't die don't worry she's back in this one so I still know what you did last summer directed by Danny Cannon starring of course Jennifer Love Hewitt Freddie Prince Jr. Brandy and Mackay Pfeiffer uh, so yeah so this one um, we uh, takes place I, I think a year later um, after the events of this movie of the first movie where Julie is now in college. Um, and yeah, I mean, she's still, I think dealing with the effects of, uh, the first movie. Uh, and yeah, she, so she, Ray, uh, we come to find out is still, um, doing his, actually, where is Ray in this movie? He, he wants Julie to go back to their hometown i forget where ray is at the start of this movie but he wants julie basically to go back to their hometown there where the events of the first movie uh took place but uh she just does not want to go she wants to stay basically back home she doesn't want to deal with you know the memories of what happened that previous fourth of july um so she says you know i'm you know what i'm just gonna stay at college hang with my friend brandy here and you know that that's all that's all we gotta do it and uh and yeah and then what happens they get a call from the radio station. Congratulations. We get a radio. You know, I, I didn't know they get the call, right? From the radio station. I didn't know radio stations called people. Uh, yeah, they, they just, they just fucking call, call you randomly. Like, you got the yeah. Bahamas. You know, I right. feel bad now because I get calls all the time that I win fucking cruises and shit. And here I am right. just not taking them. Like, I'm, I'm the yep. idiot, apparently. <laughs> right. So, I mean, here's your first thing. Uh, you know, they get a call from radio station and be like, congratulations. You, you know, you have a chance to win a, a, a trip to the Bahamas. And lo and behold, they get the answer right. And they get four tickets to the Bahamas. So, you know, they're going to go. Jennifer Love Hewitt's going to go. Brandy's going to go. Brandy's boyfriend, played by Makaya Pfeiffer, is going to go. And is Ray going to go? No. She calls Ray and she's like, Ray, let's go. You know, I want a trip and I want you to come with me. But Ray is mad at Julie for not coming back uh, to their hometown. So he says, you know what? I'm going to pass. So who do they take instead? Our new character, Will Benson, who um, is, uh, you know, a college student and who basically uh, Brandy and uh, Brandy is trying to hook up with Julie because she thinks that Ray is no good for him. So let's bring him instead and that's where this movie kind of leaves off. Basically, they go to the Bahamas. They find out basically they were conned by this radio station uh, because it isn't a great tropical trip. They are sent during hurricane season. And uh, the rest of the movie is the fisherman is back. Who is the fisherman? 
we're about to find out, ladies and gentlemen. And we have to take down the fishermen once again in this sequel. So, Steve, I know you got a lot to say about this one, I feel. So why don't you start us off? Don't you dare, Steve. <laughs> oh, my God. This one is like... <laughs> It's. It, the, I have so many notes about this one because this one is a mess. There are so many things about this movie that I have issues with, uh, but I'll talk about the good. You know, I'll start off with, with the positive note. Um, I do like all the actors involved in this. Uh, you know, they brought back, uh, of course, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr. They had Mackay Pfeiffer, which is amazing. Brandy, amazing. Uh, one of my favorite roles in this movie, easily, is Jeffrey Combs as the uh, hotel manager. I fucking love Jeffrey Combs, so that was definitely a nice surprise that I did not remember at all. But on the other end, they also bring back Jack Black, who I love. I'll give Jack Black his props. Nonness. Oh boy, is he terrible in this. And that did not age well at all. Um, just, just a lot of like story conveniences that are just way too hard to overlook. Uh, you know, from these college students not knowing the capital of brazil like i guess you might not know but i don't know it's just it, it was weird and then the planes were kind of the kills were playing and then they introduced some voodoo which isn't really voodoo but then it is voodoo and it's just like what the fuck is going on and just a lot of stuff like again he's just toying with them in ways that make no sense like at one point he lets a guy hang in the closet and then takes away the guy from the closet why why did he do that? It makes no... So he's just like, you know what's going to be really funny? If I put the body in the closet, they're going to at some point open the closet and then we get a scare. And then I'm going to go back, take the body away and it won't be in the closet anymore. It'll be so funny, guys. Like, why does he do that? It makes no fucking sense in the story. And I'm not going to talk about it right now. I'll wait for uh, you guys to talk about it. But oh my God, the twist in this movie. It's like Hall of Fame, one of the worst ones I think I've ever seen. So yeah, um, did not like this one at all mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this movie also comes down with a, a line that goes uh, someone was asking about like worst tar lines of the year or something like that um makai pfeiffer right before his death um says what do you say uh, uh i'm tired i'm fucking horny and uh and uh i forget what else he says something like that but it's just like so fucking cringe um but yeah I, this movie's bad man like it's really bad um yeah, it, everything that made the first movie good, they completely don't do in this movie. Um, I, I don't like the setting, first off. I just, I don't like this tropical island setting. Like, it just, there, there's not a lot of characters there. So it's, like, very, just, like, it's just very uninteresting. And, like, th what made that first movie so good, or what helped make that movie better, anyway, um, was that town setting. And that small town setting with, like, all these people. And this one just completely negates it. And just, it just, to me, it doesn't work. I mean, I know there's, you know, supposed to feel kind of trapped on this Island, but I didn't like it. Uh, Jack Black, probably one of the worst characters like in horror movie history, maybe like he's a fucking terrible in this movie. And I like Jack Black, but man, his character is, is just not funny. <laughs> um, I know that he, he was kind of supposed to be, I guess the comic, and this movie's almost like a parody of itself, like a parody of part one. I feel like in a lot of ways, like, um, and like the, yeah, I mean, they just like went back to a lot of the same beats, like of the first movie, obviously like the crab scene from the first movie, they do again in this one that Steve just said with the, with uh, the body disappearing and everyone thinking Julie's crazy again or whatever. And yeah. Um, 
you know, I do like the cast. Here. I mean, I like Brandy. I like Mackay Pfeiffer. Uh, Will Benson, like, he's not very interesting, though. Like, he's kind of a lame character. And then one of their biggest stars, Freddie Prince Jr., is, like, pretty much completely wasted here, right? Like, he, they don't put him on the island for whatever reason, and his whole plot device is, you know, I made a huge mistake because he, he, you know, after he gets off the phone with Julie, he goes to his friend, he's like, oh, I'm going to propose to her. But, you know, what's a great, you know, I'm not going to propose to her in the Bahamas, apparently, like where, I, where she invited me, you know. Uh, so then, like, his whole plot device is him trying basically to try to save the day at the end. But, like, he's such, like, a pivotal part of part one, and they just kind of throw him to the side in this movie. And he has, like, like no, all the scenes are just, like, him alone trying to get, on like back to the island and he ends up pawning the ring at one point for a gun <laughs> which is really weird um but yeah so, yeah so like he yeah he i mean he just completely wastes him here i mean jennifer Love hewitt's you know good in this but other than that yeah i found nothing really interesting the kills are all pretty lame besides the first kill which is actually pretty cool when uh he rips the guy like out of the car with the hook through his mouth that was pretty cool but other than that yeah this is just like a, a bad sequel like on all pretty much everything and then yeah with i'm with steve the twist is fucking dumb all right so you know when they always ask you name a sequel that is as good or better than the original and it's this one folks okay it might not be better but i think it's still me personally, I think it's on par. I fucking love this movie. I know that we kind of lose, well, a lot of the charm with it being out of the town. I agree with Joe about that. But it like when you're you graduate high school, like I could never take trips with my friends. Like I never went on spring break, but I feel like every other young person did that. So I loved that. I just thought that was so cool. I was like, wow, they're so grown up, even though they're like freshmen in college and they get to go on this cool trip, like out of the country. Are you joking? And it's like a double date. Like this is going to be us when we go to Disney guys, it's going to be us. Like I'm going to be Julie, you know, anyways. Um, but I thought it was cool. Cause it's like, you're on vacation. I definitely agree with they tossed Ray aside. Like he was so wasted. Why even come back? Uh, I fucking hated what's his name? Ben? I don't even know. Is it Ben? Will? Lance? Will? Will Benson? Yeah. yeah. I so boring. Like, are you joking? Julie is not into you. She doesn't want to date you. Like, get out of here. Uh, Carla, Brandy, are you joking? Talk about another starlet at the time. Queen. Um, Loved Brandy. Mackay Pfeiffer, are you joking? Another starlet. Don't know the male version of starlet. But yeah, the character that Jack Black plays, I don't know. Even when I was young and I saw that, I was like, this is kind of weird, a little inappropriate. And like Steve said, it definitely did not age well. Um, uh, what else can I say about this? I mean, I liked it. Loved the karaoke part. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Another great soundtrack. Yeah. Apparently, he's like really good because he, he was able to uh, reconfigure that whole karaoke song to add the I still know into it <laughs> <laughs> at that one point. So that was pretty impressive. But, but yeah, I mean, you guys want to get into the twist, I guess, unless Steve, you got more before we get into the uh, twist. I, I, I got a lot in this one. Uh, okay. Let's hear it. Uh, yeah, so we, we talked about a few of them. First of all, I thought 
the jump scares were too obvious and too forced. Like you saw them coming a mile away and I didn't think they telegraphed them really well. It was just like kind of, okay, here comes the jump scare. Uh, we know it's going to happen. So that was kind of an issue. Uh, I still can't go over the fact that they just got a radio, like like a call from the radio station with a trip to the Bahamas and they don't question it whatsoever. Like it makes no fucking sense that they just don't question it. Um, They're kids. I know, but that's like, <laughs> I don't know. That that was super weird to me. Um, again, we have like, he. why does he keep moving the body so much? Like the, the bodies keep jumping around from place to place. Like it makes no sense as to why he would do that. Either he's dumping in one place or that's it. I don't know. It's just, that was a whole other thing. Like the same bodies, because like Joe said, there are so few people on this island at this point that they got to kind of reuse the same bodies because they don't want to kill any of the big stars. So they just take the same bodies and place them in different places. And it's just, it was weird. Like, and also he, he cleans up so well, you know, a body's there, it's full of shit all over. They come back five minutes later and it's completely clear. And you know, it's, this guy's the best cleaner ever. I thought the, the kills were playing at one point, I forget which character it is. Cause I didn't write it down, but they zip tie a character. Like who's just carrying zip ties around just just like that to get people uh the whole voodoo thing didn't make sense like if the yeah. twist was going to be that he's now supernatural somehow like uh, but, you know spoiler ben willis uh then voodoo i guess sort of makes sense in a bad sequel kind of way but he's not he's kind of human so the voodoo really had no place in this and i didn't understand why they did that and the twist oh my god the twist like oh do, do i just say it no let's 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 like uh build it up here right yeah um so yeah uh all right well yeah let's just say it um basically so here's what happens here it is revealed that they got on this island on false pretenses um you know the radio station they answered it was what was the capital of brazil their answer was rio de janeiro thank you to some coffee that brandy found in the thing well it was the capital of Brazil, ladies and gentlemen, is not Rio de Janeiro. It is Brasilia, which is discovered by um, the uh, one of the workers on this island that uh, reveals to them, hey, like you guys got the question wrong. And then Jennifer Philip Hewitt is like, whoa, I can't believe it. I'm, we're here. <laughs> we're here for what? What's going on here? So um, after that, they try to figure it out, and it is revealed that Will Benson pun if you will ben son is will ben is ben's son will benson is ben willis's son but surprise surprise folks ben willis is also alive and yes it is revealed we had two killers in this movie uh going about we don't know who kills who in this movie but the two uh the father-son duo teamed up and what we also come to find out um from this uh gentleman who works there is that they were brought to this island because Ben Willis actually worked, was a worker on this island and murdered his wife, which doesn't seem to make any sense to me because it doesn't like it completely like changes his character from the first movie. It's like a scorned um, father who exacted revenge um, on this person. And now he's like a serial killer. Um, so whatever. But uh, which I, I thought was really, really dumb. But yeah, so basically this father son duo teams up um, to, you know, exact revenge on julie and her friends and that is the twist when he when he said <laughs> ben's son 
as in Ben's son, I I actually let out a laugh. <laughs> like I, I'm just a this is the fucking cherry on top of this cake laugh. Oh my god, I couldn't believe they actually went with that as just it's almost like just to sell off that pun. And yeah, you're right. Like just bringing him to the Bahamas really made no sense when you thought of it. And uh, then they really do this half-assed reason for it. The, I thought it was just Jennifer Love Hewitt, her contracts. Like if I'm going to do this shit, you're going to put my songs in this and we're going to film it in Hawaii and pretend it's the Bahamas. <laughs> you know, that's basically what I thought that would be about. I don't know. This one just fell so flat for me. Um, what, what do you guys think of the voodoo angle? You think, that brought anything to anything no it brought nothing like i guess it was like a plot device to make us think that that character maybe was the guy like he had like evil intentions or something i mean because there are like a few i guess red herrings in this like jeffrey combs character obviously is like very standoffish and stuff so we're meant to think maybe he's the killer and then we're meant to think maybe uh this other guy uh which i'll never remember his character name but he, he that he's maybe meant to be the killer too with like his voodoo stuff because you see him burning that he stole some of the kids uh stuff and then you see him like burning one of their toothbrushes at one point um but yeah i mean i think that's the only reason they they even introduced this like voodoo thing which we come to find out was really him he was a good guy and he was doing like protection spells um <laughs> for these kids because he knew apparently I mean, here's the other thing. Like, he knows that Rio de Janeiro isn't the capital of Brazil, so why doesn't he right away, like, at the beginning of this movie, like, that's not the capital of Brazil, guys. Instead, he waits until, like, half the fucking island's dead, um, which is, interestingly enough, the body count's actually higher in this movie, even though we have, like, a lot fewer, like, people on this island. But, yeah. What would have happened if the, if the girls didn't answer? Like, time ran out. Is the whole plan, like, he, out, like shot? Or, did, like, what happens? He would have been like, you win else. anyway. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, I'll be by your dorm to take you guys there. So pack up now. What do you think of the twist, Sam? I still don't know the twist. That's what I think of it. <laughs> well, here's the other idea too, right? Like his whole plan was to get him all to that island. Mm-hmm. What if she did invite Ray? Would he have just gone on his own and like, you know flown there himself i guess and like yeah just hot be in hiding yeah okay it's just convenient that I mean, he probably had a private jet <laughs> are you joking <laughs> all right yeah i mean it was a, a big plan <laughs> that whole that whole story you're right though like it, it felt so phoned in and yeah like oh my god like yeah he says no to bahamas but he wants to marry her like that makes no sense why would it <laughs> yeah i don't know it's just he was he was mad. He was mad at the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So then, of course, Ju- uh, Ray shows up on the island to save the day. Um, right before Julie's about to, I think, get killed. Um, and then uh, Ben Willis accidentally kills um, Will Benston, his son, uh, and then uh, Julie uh, kills Ben. Maybe. We don't know. I don't know. Apparently, he comes back in the tr- the the third one. Is that still is it still Ben Willis in the third one? I think so. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. I think it is, but he's like supernatural in the third one. Uh, oh, went, weird. They, yeah, they went that route. Yeah, evil <laughs> okay. dies tonight <laughs> type of route. Right. So, yeah, because he gets so, shot yeah, and stuff, and, it... and just like gets up and no problem. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Ben, and then Julie kills Ben. He falls into the grave that he dug for Julie. Um, and yeah, that's basically how the movie ends. And is there like a jump scare at the end of this one? I can't remember. 
Yeah. Like, was there wasn't the first one. Is where there? he's like what under her bed and he pulls oh, her. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, they, he pulls they her into the abyss. Like, uh, yeah. So yeah, they, had to, yeah. they had to do it again. <laughs> they had to do it again. Another dream, I'm sure, that they would uh, concoct if they made a third movie. But I'm assuming this movie didn't do well, I guess, because they never, we never got a third movie with Jennifer Love Hewitt. But maybe it was a like dream. That. So yeah, they were like, I mean, I no think... need to continue with J Love. Yeah, I know. Until the requels. Which yeah, I'm, I, I'm I, I don't I'm, know. <laughs> I, uh, uh, you know, it was popular. I just don't know where they would go with it, honestly. But I hope not. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think the series, I don't think the franchise was popular enough. I mean, it is popular, but I just don't think it's big enough for the recall treatment. But I could be wrong. We'll see. Um, but all right. Any last thoughts and ratings? No, uh, it's this. This to me was the worst one in the series. You know, it, like I said before, mm-hmm. if I rank the series, I actually liked uh, always at number one. I know at number two, and this one I still know at number three. Um, but mm-hmm. they're all, you know, five and under, so it's not like, it's, it's not high praise for any of them. Right. All right, I'll rate it. I'll start us off with ratings again. Uh, yeah, this is this is bad. This is a, a bad movie. I do have nostalgia for this one a bit too, because like I remember, like I mean, I was in love with Jennifer Hewitt, like at this age. So she was like, you know, I, I had posters around my wall and everything. So um, it's great, you know, obviously to see her. <laughs> She's definitely the the best part of this movie. Um, but everything else is is pretty bad. Like I don't like the setting. Uh, the 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 Ben Sun thing is really fucking dumb, and then like completely disregarding the character in the first one and turning him into like a psycho killer rather than just a dad on like a revenge thing. I was way way more interesting, and then just like throwing him that storyline in there, it just, it didn't need it wasn't necessary, and yeah, it, this is not a good movie. Um, I I will say like I, Brandy is fine like and she actually survives in this movie shockingly like at the end she just comes out of nowhere and after like she's missing for half the movie and survived but um yeah so I mean the cast is okay here and uh, everything else is not so great I give it a four um well when you put it that way guys um I'll give it a seven. <laughs> Hey, you're allowed to love it. It's you know everyone has their own opinion. I really so. do, of course. Yeah. Uh, and I did not like it. So I gave it. A, <laughs> I, I, gave it I a, didn't. I gave it a three out of ten. The points are for the actors involved, really. Uh, Jeffrey Combs, Jennifer Love Hewitt, uh, Mackay Pfeiffer, and uh, Brandy. You know, so I, mean, I guess Freddie Prince, but you don't really see him all that much. So yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Would you say this is like your least horror, favorite horror franchise, Steve? Oh, like I the could, popular ones. I mean, Evil Bong, but <laughs> but of the popular, popular one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of the popular ones, yeah, this is uh, this might be it. I just I never liked it. You know, it's yeah. I, I, maybe I liked it a little bit more in the nineties, um, but it's just not one that ever resonated with me. I thought the kill was just too boring, and I I can't think. I'm trying to think of like popular horror franchises. No, I think this is the one that's probably the lowest on my on my ranking like all of them have at least one film that i kind of like and mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna check but i'm pretty sure yeah yeah so that's it i know all right for our that's little sequel thon uh i know we said we'd do a vote for the sequel but when sam said i still know i'm like this is kind of a perfect opportunity to <laughs> have because I'll, it's funny in our discord when we first announced that sam was leaving 
the first reaction were a lot of them other than being super shocked and sad was oh you need to do i know what you did last summer as her final movie so really she, that's so funny so when you said i still i'm like oh forget the vote like we'll we'll mm-hmm. just do that uh, but me and joe i picked uh i had also picked a terrible movie <laughs> for part two i'd picked uh exorcist Two: the heretic because no one ever talks mm-hmm. about it it's awful no but it's one i think is at least worthy of a discussion because mm-hmm. because no one talks mm-hmm. about it and joe right. i don't know what did you pick I picked Psycho 2 because uh, I had never, I've actually never oh, seen it, and same. I know Todd. Todd's a big fan of it, and I think you ended up watching it too, right, Steve? Yeah, that's good. Actually, yeah. surprisingly, you liked it too. Yeah, so I thought that would have been a good discussion as well. But maybe movies will cover uh, in the future. So yeah, that's it um, for this week. Sam, you want to take us out for one final time? I suppose. All right, guys, be sure. You follow the Horror Squad on Instagram. Check out the Discord. It's always a great time over there. And thanks again to everyone's support and well wishes. I love you. And you'll probably be hearing my annoying voice sooner than you think. But thanks for listening. And the fellas will catch you next week. And you'll get back Todd. Bye. Hi, Dad.